You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, July 12th. And um, as always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or more recently just launched Just Baseball. Got a cool piece coming out this week, hopefully, actually. Going to be a lot of fun stuff over there. But you might also be familiar with the entertainment stuff. Maybe, if that's if that's more your route. Then check me out at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Play Disgusting, Film Cred, and more. Actually got something coming out for Inverse this week. But enough of that, guys. What's most important is, of course, the Lockdown Padres podcast. And you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres. Hit me up on there. Been tweeting a lot on there, especially over the last month. Definitely been more my main hub for uh, baseball-related stuff. Uh, or you can follow me on my personal account at Javapeno, which is spelled J A V. I-I-P-E-N-O. Hit me up on either two accounts with any questions, comments, and concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to get back to you. Love interacting with you guys and maybe even interact with you on the, this year's show. This year's show. And today's show, today's episode, guys, it's brought to you by Locked On MLB Prospects. It's MLB draft season. Specifically, it's, it's going on as we speak. Yesterday was the first round. The Padres took Jackson Merrill, shortstop, from uh, the first round with the 27th pick. Uh, And guess what? Mr. Arm Layton, he's bringing you player interviews and farm system breakdowns every day. So subscribe to Lockdown Only Prospects on the uh, Odyssey app for that podcast because it gives you all the stuff you're going to need to know about everything. Maybe you want to know about uh, Mr. Jackson. Maybe, maybe, maybe Maybe that's your thing. If you want to know about him, but also just in general, the first round, obviously, you know, Arm's going to be talking about a whole lot of stuff. Definitely go over there and check that out. And today's episode, guys, um, is kind of a simple one, actually. It might be actually a little bit of a short one. Again, I know every time I say it's going to be a short one, I end up talking way too much, but going to be recapping this weekend series, the last weekend series before the All-Star break. Pretty, um, pretty nuts. Uh, the next time the Padres play will be on Friday, uh, July 16th, against the Nationals. And then they got a series against the Braves uh, that next Monday, and then Miami, and then Oakland. So actually, aside from Washington there, a lot of new teams upcoming that we haven't played this yet, uh, this year so far. So that should be that should be a lot of fun. But we're going to be recapping this weekend series, a very disappointing series in a lot of ways for the Padres, especially coming off of that incredible kind of, uh, not as a series against the Nationals, but the, the game with uh, Daniel Camarena, obviously, uh, being a, a big highlight of the season. Um, and they're a little bit disappointing. Going to be recapping that and just talking about a couple things that I noticed from over the weekend. So let's get into it, guys. Let's start with Friday's game, the one game that the Padres did manage to win in this series, 4-2 over the Colorado Rockies, one of the worst road teams in baseball. We'll get to that in a little bit. And the starting pitcher. For the Padres, I guess is the first thing we should be talking about. Mr. Reese Kinnear, the team's number 12 overall prospect in their farm system uh, heading into this. And he was, eh, whatever. 
I, that's a really bad descriptive for it. He goes three and two-thirds innings in this game, allowing two runs on three hits, walking four, and striking out three. That's a 4.91 ERA. Uh, look, it's not too bad. Look, it's not like this guy was a superstar prospect that any of us, let's be honest, had really been paying attention to uh, heading into this game. And I thought he was actually fine. It was nice seeing that strikeout of Tapia at the beginning of the game, where even Tapia sort of acknowledged him and said, oh, all right, it was a pretty good pitch. Uh, and then the rest of the game, uh, basically no runs allowed for the Padres. Um, not basically. They literally didn't allow any runs for the rest of the game. Miguel Diaz ends up getting the win in this one. A guy who I feel like some people don't feel all that great about. But still, on the season, 2.3 ERA. And that's because he had a really good outing in this one. Going two and two-thirds innings. Only allowing one hit. Not walking anybody. No runs. And striking out three. Lowering his ERA by uh, .20, I guess you could say. From 2.55 to 2.3. Uh, so cool. I like Miguel Diaz. It's, it's amazing how many random dudes for the Padres this year, uh, at least random uh, to non-baseball, not non-Padres fans, I should say, actually, uh, this year, with guys like Austin Adams being elite, even though he worries me every now and then. He's got great strikeout stuff. Mark Melanson being literally an all-star this year. Tim Hill having a nice season. Like, they basically have been awesome with their bullpen. That's the one thing that... I talked about this for for trade deadline stuff that I wouldn't mind them bolstering the bullpen just a little bit, but I don't even think looking back, maybe they don't need to add a Richard Rodriguez. You know what I mean? It would be nice, but it's not like a must must have because I really do think that the position can be somewhat volatile. So I'm actually kind of taking that that back. But still, among closers, him and the guy from Baltimore, I think are really good. Um, but moving on, the big highlights in this game come from, well. Honestly, no one in particular. I actually missed a little bit of this game, believe it or not. Uh, the big RBIs come from Trent Grisham. He singles in Jay Cronenworth, and then Grisham hits into a ground out, which allows Manny Machado, or I'm sorry, Jay Cronenworth to score again, and Manny Machado goes to third. And then Will Myers hits a double uh, that allows Manny Machado to score, and then Machado gets an RBI, making it 4-2. Uh, not a crazy game, really. Like, a 2-for-4 from Tommy Pham. There's, there's not too much to report here. Nice seeing Jay Cronenworth go 2-for-3 with a double and a walk. Uh, Manny going 2-for-3 on the night. Um, look, man, man, and Machado, by the way, sneaky, all of a sudden, batting average over a, a 271 now with a 358 on base. He really has been awesome lately. Like, genuinely an MVP quality player. In July, he's hitting 375 with a 524 on base, 750 slugging, three home runs on the month so far. And then in June, he hit 308 with a 350 on base. Just want to say one more time, I don't mind. I'm not that heated that May Machado wasn't initially uh, selected an all-star. He was made an all-star after, unfortunately, uh, a big thing that happened. Ronald Acuna Jr. tore his ACL. Oh my gosh, man. Atlanta Braves. They lose to Hawaskar Yanoa because he punches the bench. He's gone. Mike Soroka, an ace potential pitcher for them. He suffers a relapse, so he's gone. Marcelo Zuna has been arrested, and we're not going to get into details of that. That's an actual very serious thing. No jokes from me on that. That's really bad, so he's probably gone for a while. And then you have Freddie Freeman not performing all that well, and now... Ronald Acuna Jr., one of the most exciting players, the Tatis of Atlanta, uh, guys. Just that team is just falling apart, and all of a sudden, that type, that team might be a seller. Actually, maybe Charlie Morton might be on the might be on the men. I don't know for sure. Actually, I'm curious to see if that team doesn't go full full seller. Like they're not going to trade everybody because that's still a very good team that I think just had a lot of bad luck, a lot of bad guys guys start off poorly and not really, you know, and then all these injuries and stuff. But I I'd be curious to see if maybe a Charlie Morton maybe on the move, maybe a Will Smith. I don't know exactly. We'll have to keep an eye on the Braves. But anyway, 
Um, in terms of the the game and Manny Machado, I actually didn't mind that Machado was selected wasn't selected instead of Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant, the comeback season, the Cubs at one point were a really big comeback thing. And if you're going to give a lot of credit to Machado heating up in the month of June, then you got to give credit to Chris Bryant for being great for April and May, which is you know more uh, that's two thirds of the season, I guess you could say. Don't get me wrong, I'd rather have Manny Machado than Chris Bryant, but still, let's not like act like this was some travesty. You know what I mean? It is very good that he made the All Star team. I very much appreciate it. But also, let's calm down. Justin Turner, as much as I do not like that guy. It's him and Joe Kelly are the two Dodgers specifically that I hate. I hate the Dodgers, but those guys I specifically don't like. Don't have to go into that too much. Eh, maybe I will. Uh, you know, Joe Kelly, the way he throws at people. And then Justin Turner didn't like how he, I don't know, just the whole, the, the World Series incident I thought was really annoying. And I was like, all right, screw you. You know what I mean? I just did not like what Justin Turner did there. Um, but in general, really happy to see May Machado on the team. There's a lot of guys that are banged up and whatnot that aren't going to make the All-Star team, but... uh. Before we get into more of that and continue the rest of this weekend uh, kind of recap, even though there isn't too much to recap, unfortunately, uh, let me talk to you about Bet Online, guys. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. You got baseball season in full swing, and also they get you all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including obviously baseball, but the NBA, NHL, all your UFC, MMA action, you know, before the next pitch, head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. I imagine they got stuff for the home run derby and the all-star game. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED on bet online guys your online sportsbook experts and let's keep it rolling guys um crazy stuff crazy stuff in this next game not really crazy stuff actually the Padres lose on Saturday they get blanked by the Colorado Rockies three to nothing and you might be wondering the Rockies who the heck was pitching was this some was Clayton Kershaw in his prime pitching against the Padres well, no, but it was actually a really good pitcher. Herman Marquez of the Rockies, he goes 70 innings in this game, only giving up three hits, only walking one, no runs, and striking out nine. Uh, Herman Marquez has been on fire lately, and, and this isn't out of nowhere. Since June 17th against the Brewers, he went six innings, giving up no runs uh, against the, 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 what are they called? The Mariners, there we go. Uh, the Mariners, he went eight innings, giving up only one run on two hits, uh, walking none, striking out seven. And then against the Pirates, he went a full nine innings, almost had a no-hitter at one point. I was actually watching that. Ended up blowing it in the ninth inning, unfortunately. Uh, but he didn't allow any runs, obviously. Only one hit, walking one and striking out five. And against the Cardinals, he goes six innings, only allowing two runs on five hits, walking one, striking out 11. So the walk stuff, he's not issuing free passes, this guy. And then, of course, you have this outing against the Padres. Look, I, man, I don't I don't really know where to go with this. I will say one thing is that I kind of talked about how Herman Marquez earlier in the year might have been a t- potential trade target. I'm going to become, I'm going to just be full disclosure, guys. Full disclosure, every now and then I'm an idiot. Every now and then I make lazy kind of points. I'm not going to lie. I, I make mistakes. I'm sorry. I really am. I'm supposed to be the Padres guy. I know this is my podcast and all that, but I messed up here. I did not realize that Herman Marquez, he's only 26. He's only 26. I did not realize that. I swear I was in my sophomore year of high school hearing about this guy. Maybe that's because I heard about him as a prospect, but he only kind of debuted for the Rockies. 
in 2017. That was his first real, like, full season. And I didn't realize that. I swear I've heard this guy's name forever. So I just kind of made a dumb assumption just thinking that bad team that wants to do a fire sale, let's go for their pitcher that isn't doing well right now, who I genuinely think has Cy Young caliber stuff. And over, you know, ever since I just mentioned those stats since June 17th, he's kind of displayed that. He's got excellent command of that sinker and and slider and all that off-speed stuff that he does. Uh, He doesn't throw, like, super hard, but he makes people miss. And he makes people look very very silly and he even did so with the Padres this time so uh I, that was my mistake I didn't realize he's 26 he is not getting traded it would require a whole lot is it possible that I overstated that just the Rockies being a dysfunctional franchise might trade him that's true I think they're more likely to trade Story and maybe even Daniel Bard but I do think that the, the Marquez thing taking into account his age and also taking into account that it's hard for the Rockies to get good pitchers that are going to be effective for them, especially given that Coors is a crazy hard place to pitch in. It's really fun to hit there, as we'll, I imagine, see in the Home Run Derby coming up on Tuesday. But it's really hard to hit, uh, pitch there. So uh, Marquez, I doubt, would be traded still. Uh, I guess maybe I got too excited and said, hey, if he's in your fantasy league, you should go and get this guy. I know he had like an ERA around 4.8 uh, at the be- you know end of May, but still, that guy's, that guy's a beast. I really think that he's like a Scion quality pitcher uh, if he was away from Coors didn't make his starts there um and really that's all the report on this game except for some miss uh mishaps from the Padres um there's a big error that occurs uh in the top of the fifth inning in which Eric Hosmer you know fielding error look Eric Hosmer has just become roast central for basically every Padres fan ever including myself I've been roasting this guy for a while and saying hey look one of my first early episodes in this podcast was don't draft Eric Hosmer because he's bad and, well, this was a good example of that. Look, I no one's taking him. Eight years, 144. Look, there's nobody taking Eric Hosmer's contract, guys. I'm sorry. I just don't see it. You'd have to give up all five of the big prospects. You'd have to somehow trade the – I mean, you can't actually. I found this – you know, you can't trade the, the, the their draft pick immediately until the offseason, uh, our, our guy, Jit Mail Jackson. But, like – you know, it's 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 not looking good for him, and that error is kind of what what starts the the chaos for the team. Now, don't get me wrong; they still got blinked uh, in in this game, so it's not like you have to put that all on Hosmer. But even still, it's frustrating that for a guy who plays so much at first base, making so many routine errors, and he makes a, more errors in Sunday's game, and we'll get to that. Um, but just final thing, also to mention, Musgrove in this game going only four and a thirds innings, giving up one earned run, two technically, but only one earned uh, on. Five hits, walking two strikeouts, six. So certainly not a bad outing for Joe Musgrove. It was just a little bit unfortunate that he couldn't go super deep into the game. Uh, 94 pitches, especially against this Rockies team. That isn't very good. Albeit, they are not the worst offensive team in the world. They certainly have some offense every now and then. Albeit maybe bolstered a little bit by cores, but still. Uh, and in this game... You know, Pierce Johnson ends up giving up a run, but even even still, uh, our boy Camarena makes it makes it appearance, but uh, it doesn't really matter. Padres' offense just can't get going. That's that's kind of the story, guys. So Herman Marquez is a beast. That's all I'm saying. Even the worst of teams have one or two players that are pretty good. Even go look at the Pirates with Key Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds and Richard Rodriguez. As a matter of fact, every it's hard. It's very hard to have no good players on your team. I'm, I'm serious. Like I can't. It's very, very hard for that to happen. I think there was, you could argue last year with the Tigers, maybe. Like, there's, there's been some years where the Tigers, maybe over their perpetual rebuild, have been just, have nothing. But uh, for the most part, it's very hard. And that's what happened. And so happens that one of the, the Rockies' best players is a pitcher who's just been on fire for the last month or so.
And now, guys, before we continue on into the last game and just sum everything up for the day, uh, let me talk to you about the best protein bars in the world, guys. I'm talking, of course, about the Built Bars. Guys, they are wonderful. So much variety in their flavors. Cherry Barcia, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Cookies and Cream Orange, German Chocolate, Salted Caramel. They have everything. And they even have the new Built Bar flavor, the Grasshopper Cookie. What does it taste like? It's Built Bar's version of the classic Thin Mint Cookie. All the flavor without all that sugar. And that's the thing, guys. They have all the flavors and tastes, but without all the, the calories and stuff. Look, they're really healthy for you. They are protein bars after all. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Very good stuff, guys. So what are you waiting for? Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 50% off your next order. Remember that is promo code LOCKED15 for 50% off at BuiltBar.com. And all right. We're back. Oh, yeah, we're back. Oh, yeah, we're back. We're, re- we're recapping the last game in this series, guys. That also does not go the Padres' way. They lose 3-1. to one. And unlike the, the, the previous game, there wasn't some superstar ace pitcher. John Gray is on the mound for the Rockies. He goes six innings, only giving up one run, walking three, striking out seven uh, across 90 pitches. And... Look, John Gray isn't like the worst starter in the league, but he's certainly not all that impressive. I think there was a period in which everybody thought he was going to be good, you know, maybe in 2018 when he had 183 strikeouts, uh, like the strikeout potential was there. It was kind of exciting. Uh, and then, you know, even though his ERA was bloated that year at 5.12, but still, then he comes back and he's just, he's... Eh, he's fine. He, he's very a middling uh, uh, starting pitcher and, and not a guy that necessarily should be just completely crushing the, the Padres like this. And in this game, it's kind of a bullpen day uh, throughout it. Uh, Ryan Weathers in this game gets the start going two innings, giving up no runs. And then Pierce Johnson makes an appearance. And then Chris Paddock, our old buddy Chris Paddock, makes an appearance. He gives up a run, unfortunately, in this game across two innings on four hits. He does strike out four and at one point throwing a 97-mile-per-hour heater to strike out. Uh, but he just does give up a run and then Craig Stammen gives up a home run uh, and then that basically is all she said and Mark Melanson gives up a run but it was unearned thanks to some miscommunicable mishaps by the infield and to be honest with you, I blame myself because I went to the bathroom. I really had to go, guys. What do you want from me? Sometimes when you got to go, you got to go. And I missed what happened to start it off. But basically, Manny Machado had a throwing error. But from what I understand... Based on just the Twitter rumblings, granted, please message me if I get this wrong. Uh, firstly, let's actually talk about the one that I also missed, which was early on in the game. It was Ryan Weathers' uh, fielding error, but I heard that Eric Hosmer could have made a better play on it. I didn't see it. I'm sorry. That that time I was just taking out the trash. Uh, I was in the bathroom, so that was actually just my fault <laughs> for deciding to take out the trash when the, when the inning was starting instead of just waiting. Um but basically, in the in this inning, particularly with Mark Melanson pitching, uh, Manny Machado has a throwing error, and then uh, Rymel Tapia hits into a potential double play ball. You know, Jay Cronenworth rightfully tags out the runner running from first to second, and then there is a throwing error. However, it bounces off of Hosmer's glove. Who's to blame there? Look, Cronenworth should have made a better throw, but at the same time, I really wish Hosmer could get that, so it could have gone either way with that error, and and justifiably so, from what I understand, people were ripping him uh, online from what I saw, and guys, like, I don't know what to tell you, the guy is just not playing well. He currently has a war of minus 0.1 which is very, very impressive, I must say, for my guy Eric Hosmer. Uh, And uh, I don't even know where to begin. 
263 this year, 321 on base. That doesn't look terrible, that part of the slash line, but then he's slugging 374. He hits everything on the ground. His OPS is 695, and on top of all that, he's a terrible defensive player. He's been a bad defensive player arguably his whole career for the most part. Maybe he had a couple seasons where he was okay, but the the freaking the four-time gold glove thing just shows you that that thing can be a real big popularity contest because I'm pretty sure even Derek Jeter has some gold gloves. Yeah, five to be exact from Derek Jeter. Uh, Derek Jeter, widely considered one of the worst uh, infielders defensively ever. Not not a bad player, all you Boston people. Uh, one of the elite, elite, elite hitters at that position for the last like 30, 20 to 30 years for sure. Very consistent. He was great. But um, it's just, Eric Cosmer's frustrating, and I don't know what to say. I'd be very curious to see if there's any way to move him around. And one thing that's curious, and I was talking with um, some friends of mine about this on the Just Baseball show, which everybody should check out. And someone actually put for their most disappointing player, they put Eric Hosmer because they thought, look, you you go into last year, and granted, in half a season only, but the launch angle, he was hitting the ball, he was carrying it, and he was not great defensively, but he wasn't as like visibly awful as he has been this year. And he called him a disappointment, and he was like, look, is it possible? Do we think that A.J. Preller actually handed out this contract? I don't know. I don't. I, I know it's always easy to defend the boy and you know just say, oh, this was ownership. They saw that he was one of the top free agents on the market, and they said, we need a leader. He's won the World Series. You know how ownership can sometimes intervene. And they said, we, need, we want to go out and spend now. You know what I mean? And then they end up getting Hosmer, and maybe that's not what Preller wanted. It's also possible that Preller did want him and just missed. He might have been thinking, look, I think that his last season with the Royals, when he batted like 300 with 350 on base, I think that was more legit than not. He'll give us a couple good years, and maybe he gives more credence to us as a franchise. He'll show other players that we're being serious about spending money, and that'll allow us to attract Manny Machado and guys like that over, right? And maybe you keep Drew Pomeranz as part of that. They give Drew Pomeranz a pretty hefty contract, too. So you could argue that. Bottom line, though, is this. Eric Hosmer has not been good. Is it possible that they trade for a Gallo? Of course it is. Um, and Gallo I'm starting to come around on, by the way. Initially, I thought I didn't want to trade for him, but now my thing is like... Ooh, maybe make a platoon. Is there any way? Could you put Myers at first? Now, Myers ain't any better at first base, by the way, guys. But at least, like, I know he's a little bit more of a positive as an offensive player. It'd be interesting. I wish they had a DH so we wouldn't even have this discussion. But uh, bottom line, guys, Eric Hosmer has been a mess. Um, But even despite all that, despite all that, guys... The Padres were still pretty good in the first half. Were they otherworldly? Were they world beaters? No. But in fairness, you know, it's not like... I think expecting the Padres to be world beaters this year was a little bit of a mistake. They were on pace for around 93, 94 wins, which is still a very, very good team. Uh, Definitely one of the better in all of baseball. It just so happens that the Giants and the Dodgers are in our division. One of those two teams being a huge surprise that nobody thought was going to be this good. I thought they were going to be good, but not this good. I thought they might be like an 87-win team, which which is good. You know what I mean? But they've just been hitting on everybody this year. And just in terms of their overall stats right now, uh, they're still pretty good. Batting average, they rank 11th in the league. On base percentage, they rank 8th. Runs, they rank 10th. Home runs, they rank 13th. Slugging percentage, 12th. And then in terms of some of the pitching stats, they rank 4th in ERA, 6th in batting average against, and 8th in walks and hits per inning pitched, otherwise known as whip. Uh, Those are all very solid stats. They're just not killing it necessarily in one area. Actually, that's not true. They're killing it in your area. They're fourth in the league, guys. Uh, And and the big part of that, obviously, is because of the bullpen. Their bullpen has been phenomenal. Guys, everyone from your Pomerantz and Melanson's, the star of the team and what have you, to also underrated guys like Miguel Diaz. They've been really solid. So um, the Padres' bullpen 
arguably the MVP of the team as a whole. You know, kind of like the Seattle Seahawks defense that one year in the Super Bowl when they won. Everyone was like, this shouldn't just go to one player. It should, we should just give the Super Bowl MVP trophy to the, the Seahawks defense. Just, you know, blank slate, just like that. Uh, obviously, they didn't. They gave it to Bobby Wagner, I believe. Um, yeah. And the last thing I want to attest to is the fact that they lost this series against the Rockies, one of the worst road teams in baseball. They hadn't won a road series in forever. I wanted to just look back and see for sure, and it does feel like it, whether or not the Pirates have really been that bad against winning, uh, losing teams, I should say, this year. They start off the year with a, a three out of four game series win against the Arizona Diamondbacks. They sweep Texas after that. They, lo- they do lose two of three against the Giants, but they're not a bad team. They only they go 2-2 two, two, two in the first Pittsburgh series. They lose two of the three against the Dodgers. Then they win three of the four against the Dodgers, which was nice. Um lose one of two against the Dimebacks. I'm just looking at some of the series, and then you win two of three against the Pirates in the start of May. You win two of the three against the Rockies, uh, one of them getting postponed, and then they end up playing a doubleheader on May 11th and 12th. They win two of those three. Then they start... This is when the team basically came alive, is when they sweep St. Louis. Then they go and beat the Rockies three out of four, or was it... No, they sweep the Rockies. Then against the Cubs, they lose. Then they start losing to good teams. All right, this is when they start losing to good teams. At the time, the Cubs were one of the hottest teams in baseball. I know they're bad now. And then they lose to the Cubs. Then they split the series against the Mets. Then they win only one of the three games against the Cubs. And then win only one of the three against the Mets. Then they got swept by the Rockies. And that's that's what is bad. Okay, I, I will give you that. That was a really bad series loss. But then you sweep Cincinnati. You sweep the Dodgers. You win two out of three against the Dimebacks win two out of three against the Reds, and then you lose two out of three against the Phillies, split with the Nationals, and then win one of three against the Rockies. I do think that the Rockies is the thing. I don't want to say that definitively the Padres are playing down to every single team, but they're definitely playing down against the Rockies. This year against the Rockies, they're 6-6, six and six, which, uh, less, which is less than ideal, especially considering the Rockies are very bad. There's one thing for you to lose this series in Colorado. Maybe it's a slugfest. Right, like maybe they just totally some of their guys just hit balls to the moon. Like that can happen. You know, they still have a Charlie Blackman. They still got a Trevor Story. Right, like that's not impossible. Even C.J. Crone isn't that bad. Right, and Rymel Tapia is like really entertaining. I I love that guy. I'd love for the Padres to be able to have him on his team. Um, to be honest. But even still, uh, really solid first half for the Padres. We had some great moments, man. Uh, some that I actually think I'm going to recap a little bit this week. That I think that might be fun to just reminisce on the first half. So I'm actually going to save some of the thoughts for later. But look, bottom line is this. Is it possible that the Padres are going to be a wild card spot this year? Sure. But anything can happen, man. We just we, Remember when we went on that fun run? Remember that. The baseball season schedule and how teams go on runs and win streaks, it's very similar to like the NBA, where like, you know how teams, it's literally designed that teams will go on a scoring run at some point, 7-0, and then make a little bit of a comeback at the ebbs and flows of the season. It's kind of like baseball, so you never know if coming after this, they sweep the Raves, and then they sweep the Nationals, and then they sweep the Marlins, You don't, or win most of the games against the Marlins. You don't know, and then all of a sudden the Dodgers maybe fall off, the San Francisco Giants, so let's not freak out, and let's just simply... Let the good times keep rolling. Let the good times keep rolling, guys. And with that all said, that almost does it for today's podcast. Let me just quickly mention to you today on the Lockdown Today podcast, can Giannis save the Bucks in the NBA Finals? I don't know, man. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. It's really gay. Under 20 minutes. Recaps everything in sports. Um... And yeah, in terms of the future of this podcast, guys, I think, yeah, like I mentioned, uh, probably going to do a little bit of a recap, talking a little bit about the, the the whole first half of the season 
some of my favorite moments, some of my least favorite moments, what it's been like watching this season, right? Like in comparison to last year's 60 game, you know, sprint. Uh, really looking forward to talking about that. Might have some guests to talk on uh, the podcast this week because we won't have any games to cover until Friday. Uh, maybe do a little crossover with some other folks. Uh, but bottom line is it is a good, good time to be a Padres fan. And with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app if you don't mind. Follow myself or the show on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.